0: Hey there, and welcome
1: back to the Etsy Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey, and today we have an exciting episode where we talk with Will, also known as the PPC Coach, where we talk about his rough start to entrepreneurship and how he pivoted his plans in order to give his family and himself a better life. From working eight-plus-hour shift, right, job, to selling mugs, t-shirts, accessories, all on this thing called Etsy. Join me as we jump into Will's Etsy journey and how we talk about how he markets his products, gain insights into his his teachings on how to actually market on Etsy properly. Here's a clip from today's show.
0: Businesses don't just launch and are successful. Like that's not the way it works. So you can do the ads and you can open up Shopify store, that's yeah. fine. But now you're taking a lot more risk to do that and you don't have access to any customers at all. And actually, uh, just sidebar, I just shot a video that's going up on my channel today um, it's titled Etsy fees are too low. I think that'll get a little bit of attention because I, I believe it like coming from the paid ad background, you yeah, can get access to this many buyers for this cheap.
1: We have an awesome episode for you guys today. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee, and we believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to pursue their passions and live life on their own terms. We believe in making e commerce accessible to everyone in the world and then using it to make a positive impact to families and their communities. Everbee is the Etsy growth tool to help sellers find winning products on Etsy and get more sales. With Everbee, you can see revenue of a product. You can see the monthly sales a listing is generating. You can see the tags that each listing is using to drive its SEO. You see the keyword search volume. So you understand what people are searching for on Etsy. Also understand what they're buying on Etsy. It's a tool you guys need to be using to grow your business. So sign up for free, everbee.io. Let's jump in. Well, man, great to see you, man. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. Super happy that you're here. It's been like I guess we talked last week, and I've seen you in the community, and I saw like your YouTube videos and stuff like that, and you're kind of like contributing to the community. But for those that don't know you, like who are you, and like how'd you get to Etsy?
0: Right on. So I'm I've been working for myself full time online since about 2007. I'm Will. Uh, people know me as PPC Coach, which is pay per click coach, that name kind of stuck over the years. So I just kept it. It's kind of my brand name now.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Been working. Yeah. Full-time online since 2007 for myself, uh, right here in the old home office, got the dog laying down right here. And, yep. uh, it's all good. Life is good.
1: That's awesome, man. So 2007, that's like obviously a long time ago, right? Uh, when it comes to like online selling, cause it's changed so much, changes every, every year, right? It changes a bunch. In 2007, like, what were you doing? And then how did you get to e-commerce just in general? Like, what was your first e-commerce thing?
0: So my first e-commerce was actually doing direct to the print-on-demand supplier. So I, I didn't even open up a Shopify store or an Etsy shop or anything. It was uh, back then, there was a supplier that would do everything for you. So it was awesome. You would just make the image and list it on on their site. And then you could run ads to their site. And you would make the sale and you would get the email and everything was all good okay but i actually started on etsy in like 2016 was my first site uh my first shop on etsy so i didn't get into that for a while but i've done basically everything like affiliate marketing cpa marketing lead generation my first business i actually sold secured loan leads to uh people in the you know, banks and loan companies in the united kingdom of like, all places. So
1: you're running my Facebook ads or like what were you running?
0: Yeah, like? back then we ran like Yahoo Overture and Google Ads. Okay. Uh Facebook wasn't even really around when I started. Like and especially the ad platform, it just wasn't there. So if it were, I mean, I definitely would have. Once Facebook came into popularity and they, they launched their ad platform, I was all over it. I did a lot with it. And then I actually got, uh, banned by Facebook ads, mm. uh, back in, uh, 2020. So, at just the end of the fourth quarter, I shut off my ads. I think it was December 25th and then January 1st of 2021, I went into my ad account um and they're like you got that that image of
1: yeah yeah i've heard about that by the
0: way you're banned or you're restricted so uh,
1: I, it's funny that it happens and like obviously there's a million reasons why that could happen and sometimes it's like not fair and sometimes it is or whatever point is um yeah. i've I've heard of actually like people that are l- running like legit ads and they run into that issue with facebook just like people run into like things with etsy like they they're doing things the right way but somehow they get, get slapped with a suspension uh you know it happens all the time yeah anyway so okay trying to backtrack a little bit. So 2016, you started Etsy. What were you doing before? Like, did you have like a full-time job? Did you have like multiple kids? Like, tell me, tell me about like more of your life a little bit.
0: Yeah. So I have, well, job wise, I used to be a financial advisor. Oh, cool. Uh, I worked for a company and they gave me my own office right out of like university, which was awesome. I had a secretary, I had a like meeting room, I had a boardroom, I had everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was really bad at making people money. So, okay. if you were an investor and you came to me and gave me $10,000, I could pretty much guarantee I'd turn that into 5000 like, within a month. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just, I was listening to the to the analysts and listening to head office and doing exactly yeah. what they told me to do, right? Like, buy and hold and you'll be fine and blah, blah, blah. and I don't know. And then 2007 happened, oh, wow. uh, right? And there was a little bit of a market crash. And actually, back when I started that was in uh, 99. And there was a market crash back then in like the early 2000s. So that business, uh, that career uh, was horrible. (laughs) I couldn't stand, I couldn't sleep at night. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stand losing people money. So, and I had like a bunch of kids already and now I have five kids now. Okay. But I was like, you got to do something that makes you happy. And you got to do something that you want to get up every day and do. And being a financial advisor, I know there's a lot of, I have friends that are financial advisors and I'm really good at it. I just wasn't, but I was really good at prospecting and I was really good at the technology side. And I I would actually spend my days like knocking on doors and getting rejected. So I think that led me into the, into my last job, which was um, like TD Ameritrade. And I was the guy that you called on the phone and I was on the other end. And I would punch in your stock or your option order for you, but I couldn't give you any advice. Gotcha. So I took that job, took the night shift in the call center because nobody calls at night for stock quotes or anything. And I started surfing the internet and I found my first mentor who taught me the secured loan business from the ground up. So from then on, I was like, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm hooked. And I remember um, just one quick story is, I was sitting there with my wife at the dinner table. We're in a little townhouse and I had two kids at the time and I had another one on the way. And we're, I remember we're having spaghetti meatballs and I said, um, listen, I got to quit my job to start making money. And she looked at me like I was from Mars because you don't hear that too often. Mm -hmm. But then I took her downstairs to my like basement office and I showed her a check that I had and it was like $17,583. And that was U.S. And that was back in like, I think, 2006. is
1: this is when you first, this is your first taste of entrepreneurship, it sounds like. Okay, gotcha.
0: So she's like, oh yeah, okay, all right, that's good. That's like more than I made in like, you know, four months at my Mm -hmm. crappy little job. So from then on, went out on my own and that's where I've been ever since.
1: Gotcha. So you did this secure loan, right? And this obviously, this is going to relate to Etsy, I imagine, at some point. Right. So you do this thing for a secure loan, and that's what you're you're crushing it, it sounds like. And then when did it shift to like, I want to do this thing, this Etsy thing? Like, why? I guess it sounds like it was a good gig. Why would you change your career?
0: So it was going really well. And then my secured loan leads were based on people who had bad credit back then. And then the credit, the, the housing crisis hit the head where all the banks had rolled up all of these mortgages into like little packages and sold them to everybody. And mm-hmm. it didn't matter who you were, you could get a mortgage back then Sure. Uh, overnight within about a two or three week period, that whole market dried up. And all okay. of a sudden the lenders were not lending unless you had really good credit and okay. nobody was going online to search for like a loan, if they had good credit because they could just walk into their bank and get it. Right. Okay. So that whole business died. I opened up my membership site cause I had all this knowledge about paid ads and I started teaching people about affiliate marketing and like CPA marketing. And then that business, um, I had a horrible experience with that, where one of the, I actually started my own CPA network too. One of my merchants actually screwed me over, um, cost me about six figures. I had to pay my affiliates. So I was like, I need something better. I need something better, like a physical product that I can sell, where people actually buy it, get it and enjoy it. And that led me to like, Etsy and Shopify and yeah. my print-on-demand supplier. Where I started out selling coffee mugs, just, and so my whole store was dedicated to just funny coffee mugs.
1: Okay, and- well, on. real quick, real quick. So this is interesting, right? Because it's like now we're talking about the entrepreneurship journey, and you're like you starting something, you like seeking a mentor, you got some advice, you like, you, you had some success, and all of a sudden you like you have this like crash happen in the market, and like may you know obviously you can't control completely, but the point is like you took control. And you're like, okay, what can I do next? You have this experience of like running ads online. And then you basically like, well, I could teach other people how to do this also. And then at the same time, like you obviously had some hurdles there. And then you actually started, like, then you kind of like recalibrated again, reinvented yourself again. And was just like, okay, I'm going to sell something online. And then you're a matter of like, okay, where do I sell this thing? And what should I sell? Is that That's where we're at right now, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Okay. The, I think the journey is... Like you're an entrepreneur too. You know all about it. It's all about pivoting. And if if something's not going the way you want, or if, if external things happen that you can't control, you just pivot. And you you have skills, you have all the experience and skills. Yeah. Compounds. Right. And you can, you can lean on that to figure out where do I go next? And I think that's where, so Etsy, to me, was like it was a long-term play back then, and it kind of still is now. But I mean, with the ads they have now, you can do it a little bit faster. But it's not, it's not an overnight success. Yeah, it's not a get UH rich
1: quick type of thing. Yeah, it's you're running yeah. a you're you're starting an online business. Like uh, you're not starting an online you know pyramid scheme. You know, it's like you're it's a business. You know, you have to serve customers. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, you do. And and businesses don't just launch and are successful. Like that's not the way it works. So. You can do the ads, and you can open up Shopify store. That's yeah. fine, but now you're taking a lot more risk to do that, and you don't have access to any customers at all. And actually, uh, just sidebar: I just shot a video that's going up on my channel today. Um, it's titled "Etsy Fees Are Too Low," <laughs> so nice. I think that'll get a little bit of attention because I, I believe it. Like coming from the paid ad background, you yeah, can get access to this many buyers for this cheap. Yep. You know. So anyway. Yeah, so Etsy, to me, back then, it was like, I love these physical products, I love these coffee mugs. Um, Just before that, I I was in the t-shirt world, too, using a company called uh, Teespring, way, way back in the day. And so I'd run Facebook ads there, sell t-shirts, and then they brought in coffee mugs, and then I'm like, okay, what if I don't want to run ads anymore? What if I don't want to pay for that? Let's find a place I can do it. Let's put it up on Etsy. That was working really well. Then... If you, if your supplier uh, misses an order or two, you're in trouble because you're going to get a bad review. And if you get a bad review on Etsy, uh, that's one or two is fine. But if you get a bunch of them, yeah. now your shop is just going to tank, right? So you got to be really careful with who you partner with. Um, that happened to me on that shop. So I kind of shelved that one. And then I was like, I think we talked about this the other day on Etsy. I had always wanted to do the the digital world where you're just selling like, digital downloads, like Mm -hmm. um, PNG, SVGs, digital planners, printables, uh, wall decor, art, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. where they just download it. So back then I'm like, all right, let's do this. So I hired that company that we talked about to, you know, do up all my images and everything. And and they told me it was an unlimited, really expensive per month. Turned out it was two images per day maximum for a super high cost. So back then, I was like, Oh boy, I can't do that. So then I shifted back to, well, let's, let's go into the jewelry world and the, the gift world. Okay. So that's really where I hit stride.
1: I love this. Like to summarize again, um, because we move so fast in the conversation, like this is entrepreneurship, right? It's not clean and easy and up into and the right type of graph, right? Where my revenue just grows and it's very clean path. Like this is entrepreneurship. It's messy. It's chaotic. It's ugly looking. If you look back on it, you're like, dang, what did I do? I did that thing. And I, you know what did that do? And and it's it's messy. I would con- I would consider it like messy. But this is just how it works. This is like reality. You know, it's not like oh I just did this and then I switched over to this because it made sense and then I had some success and I kept on going to the next thing. It's like no, I made wrong mistakes or my you know part something with my the partnership or whatever it is. Somebody didn't pay me and like uh, I had to learn from that. This is real life. And the reason why I'm stopping and saying this now is because so many of our sellers right now, they have life experience themselves and they've had situations like this happen to them too. And maybe not totally in entrepreneurship, but just in life in general. So I guess what I'm saying is you're not alone if you're listening to this, like, and you're not alone to thinking that it's just messy for you. This entrepreneurship game is just messy for you. Just selling on Etsy is is just hard for you. It's actually hard for everybody, you know, and just yeah. be persistent. I'm sure you'd agree, right? Well, it's like, just be persistent and consistent And pivot when you need to pivot and you're going to make it, right? Whatever that make it means, you're going to have a level of success that that you basically work for.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. So I've trained like, it's now over 11,000 people through that site of mine. And I found exactly what you just said is people, uh, a lot of them want the instant gratification. They want to, I launched it why don't I have sales? And it's like, that's not the way it works. And it's hard for them to understand and get into the right mindset that, you know, a place like Etsy is going to take probably a year to get real consistent, good sales, like consistent, like, you know, double digits every day and making a good solid income. You're going to get sales before that, but they're going to be spotty. And then once you're established and once you have a lot of good products and once you read your data and once you make those pivots and you know what you're doing like any shop on Etsy right now that has you know over a hundred thousand sales they've been around for about three years and and a lot of people can't get to that three-year mark they quit at like month four or month five and they go that's not working on to the next you know and it's like you the shiny have. object syndrome, and in, in our right. world, is so powerful and so insane, and it's it's got such a strong pull for entrepreneurs that I think it wipes out more people than it helps, really. So I totally know, agree. Mine. Shiny
1: shiny object system, uh, a syndrome is a thing that, like, it's a it's a coin term. Uh, I don't know who coined it, but it's a, to- a term that we use all the time. in My household, right? Like, uh, my wife, like, we talk about it. Um, I talk about it with my siblings and stuff like that. Like it's a real thing. Actually, if you have no discipline, the shiny, shiny object syndrome will pull you around and you'll be pretty soon. You'll do five, five entrepreneurship journeys in one year and none of them, guess what? None of them will be successful. Uh, like very likely, right. Until you focus, focus is like, I always talk about it on the podcast and people probably listening or probably get tired of hearing about it, but man, it's like, it it is our superpower. If you can channel your focus. So if you can channel your focus to like selling on Etsy. And you actually care about the people that you're trying to serve, right? If you actually care about your customers, the buyers that are going to come to your shop, and you actually give them amazing customer service, you're just going to make it. It's just going to take time. It's going to take time, of course, but you're going to make it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Can you talk about like what can somebody make, like as far as like revenue wise? Like I personally know people that do hundreds of thousands of dollars in Etsy, right, per year in profit. And then I also know people that are making like $0 per year, of course, right? But then they're like, also like there's the mid-tier of like, oh, I make a few hundred dollars on Etsy. It's a cool hobby. How do you view this? I'm curious. Like what does Will think about the opportunity on Etsy?
0: So I, I think the opportunity is huge as long as your mindset's right. I think after that first 12 months on there, you're going to be at probably, well, It see, it's like how long is a piece of string, right? It's, it's difficult because everybody's different. Everybody puts sure. in different effort. I would say a good goal though is like, Five thousand per month after one year. Okay, that's doing probably the minimal road that you're going to take, and that's somebody who might be working a job, and they're just doing this on the side at night sure. or on the weekends. It, the more time you can put into it, the faster you're going to move, sure. and then you can get to that ten thousand dollar like profit per month. But even you know somebody making hundred thousand dollars per year on Etsy, you're ahead of like ninety eight percent of the population. You know, the the people that you know that are doing six figures and more per month, they're in the, like the top 1%. Yeah. yeah. Think, right. So and it, it's so hard for new people when they go on, they go on YouTube or they go to a mm-hmm. Facebook group and they see these huge screenshots and they think, okay, if I'm not doing that, then I'm fail. a failure. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're not. You're, you're comparing yourself to somebody who's got three or four or five years into it and they know what they're doing and mm-hmm. you're at the start line.
1: And that's fine yeah, yeah. And that's fine and that's it's fine okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: yeah so i think if they if the expectation is up here and they're down here it's hard for them to to justify staying sticking with it yeah for that period of time to get to the point where that other person is so i but i mean the topic of like social media and how it actually I think destroys people more than helps them, you know, most of the time, time. Is, is a whole different ballgame.
1: There's a certain point where like you should learn on social media and you can get inspired by social media, but there's a certain point where you're just like, okay, I need to shut some of this stuff off because I'm comparing myself to other people's revenue. I do. I've done it. Like I have a thing where in my wife, you could ask my wife and she would tell you the same. It's like, I shut off Twitter. I literally uninstalled the app. I didn't delete my account. I just uninstalled the app. And then I also uninstalled the Instagram app. Um, and and man, I swear, like as soon as I did that, like some, some things just un- unlocked in my life, in the business too, because I just felt better about what was going on in our business because I wasn't looking at everyone else, like, and how far ahead they are. And they're thinking about this. And I'm like, wow, I can't even think about that yet. Like dealing with these problems over here, you know, how could you talk about hiring all these people for your team? But I swear as soon as you get to start feeling good about your business, like things just unlock. I don't know if you would agree, but that's just my.
0: Experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like our, our reality is what we make it. And it's what yeah. we what we look at every day and what we feel every day. And when, when I go online and I see a huge Shopify screenshot in a Shopify group or something, and it's like, I did a million dollars this month. And I'm like, holy cow. First, that's my reaction. Or yeah. even an, an Etsy one. I'm like, holy cow, that's a lot of money. And then, and then you almost feel like bad about yourself because you're not there.
1: That's right. Exactly. And so
0: it actually, it makes you want to think like, it doesn't motivate you anymore. It actually does the opposite. So I, I oh, love nice. that. Like I'd love to just get rid of Facebook for me. That's my biggest time waster. Cause they, now they launched Facebook reels. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you want to see the best TikTok videos, go to Facebook reels. Yeah, they're legit. Like that. the reels are
1: designed to be really good. Um,
0: Short attention span, like just boom, boom, boom. And yeah. Well, if it- I got rid of that, I think my focus would go up dramatically too. So yeah, it's uh, interesting.
1: I mean, I don't want to like. It's just it's funny. Sometimes I sometimes you can get inspired by those screenshots though. I'm just like. So I think, I think it depends on how you train yourself. If you train your mind to think like, I could also see there's two cases where we see this screenshot, like a, a million dollars in a month type of thing on Shopify, or let's say uh, $500,000 a year on Etsy or something like that. Right. You can, you have two ways you can say, wow, like that's super inspiring. One day I'm going to be there. If you can say that to yourself, it's an awesome unlock. It's a, it's a hack. Right. But if you say, you see that and you're like, wow, I'll never get there like I'm not very good, you know, then that's a terrible unlock, right? That's that's bad, train that. And then there's also another use case where it's like, you see this screenshot and but the point is like social media is is good and bad, but it all depends on how we view it and how we use it. So let's talk about like, let's switch gears for a second because I know we're talking forever about mindset and that's cool and it's valuable, but let's maybe switch gears to like your Etsy shop or, or Etsy business. And I know I, I interrupted you. What are you focusing on right now? Digital, physical?
0: So I, I still love the print-on-demand world it's amazing because you can do so much with it. You can do personalized stuff now, completely hands off on Etsy. Okay. Like there's okay. there's print-on-demand suppliers that can do that, that I've tapped into, which is awesome. That was another thing, like personalized, it used to be, you had to take that uh, text that they gave you in the personalization field. You had to go and make the image and then edit the order. And then it was all manual, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a bottleneck. And if you have that bottleneck going on like, 25, 50, 100 orders a day, you're not going to do much and you're going to hate your life. So uh, I found a there's a company that actually automates that, a huge supplier that'll send an email link to the person and then they personalize it and then the order goes to production. So it's super cool. That's for, especially like, I know timing wise, we're at, coming up on Mother's Day. So my whole Etsy business model, the bulk of it is based on going to my um, success with kind of gifts and jewelry. Mm -hmm. is focused like on holidays throughout the year so with mother's day coming up my focus right now is print on demand products for mother's day but i've also added in the digital side now because of artificial intelligence and how easy it is to make these things so now i can do something like a printable mother's day card where they download it uh they print it on their printer they fold it in half and they write on the inside and that's a card they can give to their mom it's not expensive it's instant and i don't have to do anything else so i love that side of it now i have that person as a buyer um i can get access to their email through you know integrations with etsy that are like 100 legit yep i can send them more products so i can say mm-hmm. hey you bought the printable card how about this nice piece of jewelry you can give your mom too i love that and then i'll just go throughout go go throughout every holiday of the year and I'll just shift the focus. Like wedding seasons coming up on Etsy. That's huge. But so,
1: you, so to background back back up a little bit. So you find a product that you you initiate, I guess you a product that you could sell, and then you basically you serve that customer with that product when they buy it, of course. And then you hit them up with like a follow-up um, sequence or emails that you basically uh, offer something else that they might like because they bought that thing. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, yeah, like
0: my coming from where I did, I know that email is king. Yeah. So I'll actually go out to, I'm not just going to rely on Etsy for my traffic.
1: Sure.
0: I'm also doing uh, list building off of Etsy. Yep. So um, like right now I'm running Google ads to like a free giveaway, which is just an opt-in page. And it's a digital product that didn't cost me anything to make, but I can give it away. And I know those people that are, that want that digital product. Mm-hmm. I know they're in, they're, they're my target market. So as soon as they're on my list, now they're in my sequence. So they're automatically getting basically every other product on my shop once a day. And then on top of that, I'm going to put in sales at least once a month, where it'll be like a three day sale that I'll do by email. All of it points to my Etsy shop.
1: Very cool. So that, then what that's going to do is it's going to increase your, obviously your sales on your Etsy and you're also increasing, you're telling Etsy's algorithm basically like, wow, this person's driving outside traffic to your shop. And people are converting on this listing. Let's show this shop more, right? Etsy will reward you for bringing traffic to them. Contrary to what most, a lot of people think, actually. I believe that Etsy likes it when you drive traffic to your shop. A lot of people would be like, oh, that's not bad. Or that's not good. But anyway, topic for another day. Disagree.
0: Yeah. No, I think they they look at all the signals, right? And if you're putting effort into it, they like that. So they'll reward you.
1: Um. Okay, Um. what, uh. we talked about a lot already. Uh. How can someone, can we give some, some people some actionable stuff? Like if I'm a seller and I have maybe have like 100 sales right now, right? And I've had like one product kind of like succeeding. I could see it's got some traction. What should I do next? Like I only got well, like maybe a couple of products in my shop, but I have one that's kind of doing well. Should I go and find another, another listing, a, another seller, another like a, a solid product to offer my customer base? Or what would you say for that person? Like, how do I find this product? And yeah, probably start there. How do I find a, in the next product for my shop?
0: Well, and I get this question all the time in, in my uh, kind of coaching little business on the side there. So I have had people who I'll do a review for and they're like, I've got these three products are selling really good. The rest aren't really doing much. I'm like, what's your top seller? This one. Okay, What? what's the product? What's the niche? Now go make variations of that. Mm. so do more focus 80 percent of your time energy and effort on the stuff that's working and spend the other 20 percent of your time testing out new stuff i love that so th- when they do that and and some of them fight me on it too because they're like well i can't do that because it's in this niche and that's not really the right time of the year i'm like it's fine do it like just please do it and yeah. they do when you have data that you can look at and you can say, okay, this is working, this is working, this is working, then I need more of this, this, and this. And it's Etsy's basically telling you what's working and what's not, which by the way, is why like just I really like spy tools because they tell me what's working and what's not as well. So if I know that this product's working and I'm drawing a blank on what variation do I use? How do I, what other similar products can I get? Mm-hmm. I can go to Etsy and type it in use you guys and I can analyze every listing on a page in a heartbeat. And it works really well to give me more options of things that are already working. So focus on what's working and spend 20% of your time on whatever tickles. You
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that, man. Like, I think I've I definitely align with that kind of thinking. Like we overcomplicate things sometimes and we want to like over optimize and like try something crazy and new when we have some success, but like, really it's like success is just doing one thing really well and then just repeating it <laughs> yep. and repeating it 10 more times and then 20 more times and 30 more times and for some reason as human beings we we overcomplicate this somehow because we want to get creative and we're like oh let's just change this completely i just want to like change all these tags and like see if i can increase this make it better you know make this listing even better it's like no 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 like this listing's doing well don't break it okay like don't break it you can yeah. copy the listing and make a new listing, test it. That's fine. But like, don't break things that are already working. So if you have a, a product that's selling well to a specific niche, to a specific customer base, make more like that. So that's what you're saying. Make variations of this.
0: Yeah. And you said it exactly. I, I say this all the time. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. Like right. when, when, I, when I run ads to like a, a listing on another store, uh, people are always saying, well, okay, this ad's working. What do I do with it? I'm like, don't touch it. Because they're like, I want to tweak it. I want to squeeze out another 50 cents uh, per sale profit. I'm like, no, you don't. Create a new one. So on Etsy, no, don't no, touch no. that listing. Don't say, well, okay, I I, I got Etsy's attention. Apparently, my title, subscription, and tags are working. So now I'm going to change it all. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. I have do to, not do that
1: so much. Like self doubt, we sabotage your own listing somehow. Yeah. Uh, and, Okay. Can we talk actually? You mentioned Etsy ads and I, I know we probably should wrap this up soon. Um Etsy ads. I know you're a fan of them. Uh and I know you drive almost all your listings. If you start if you create a brand new listing, you're always going to test it with an Etsy ad. Mm-hmm. Um can you talk talk to us about like why you do that first of all? Like why should you do that? Just contrary advice on this.
0: Well, I I want sales. So I mean, <laughs> that's the bottom line is I want sales. Sure. Now Etsy ads are there's not very much control with them. There's a little bit, but I'm used to a lot more control than what they offer. So what I did is I took all of the methods that I use when I have full control over everything and I tweaked them to work with Etsy ads. So an example is if you have a new shop, okay, run everything, right? Run it for 30 days, run it at, you know, a dollar a day, if that's all you have, that's 30 bucks. Interesting. Who cares? At the end of 30 days, you're going to have some that got sales and you're going to have a lot that didn't get any sales because really a dollar a day is not very much to run ads at all. Like it's peanuts. But at the end of 30 days, you can look at your top sellers and you can now focus all of the budget on those. And it's the 80, 20 rule. Again, 80% of your budget goes to the top sellers. 20% goes to your new stuff that you're testing.
1: So you're saying that, okay. So if I have like, let's say a hundred listings, right? Um, cause it's a little bit contrary to what my, I believe. So we can talk about that. It's fun. So you have a hundred listings you're saying, if somebody wants to start new ad, start Etsy ads, like running them, advertise all of them yes. at whatever budget per day, and then after, let's say a specific period of time, like seven days or whatever, you're going to have some clear winners and then you shut off all the other ones. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. 30 days though, 30 days. Like on a new shop, it'll be 30 days. Okay. So now, because there is no, like do this from point a to the end of time. It's okay. always the here's phase one. Here's phase two. Here's phase three. Here's phase four. For me, anyway. Yep. So after thirty days on a new shop, now I can see what's working. That's where my budget's going to go, and now I can increase my budget, and I can focus on my winners while still testing out my new products.
1: Okay. 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 But
0: you also need to know what am I willing to spend to get a sale. Sure. So if if I'm on like a digital download shop, which I've got like three brand new ones going right now, which I love. I'm not going to spend like 40 bucks on each listing. I might spend like $2 tops per listing because they're so low price. I yep. uh, uh, basically my break-even point. Break even. Right? So if I have every product and I ran $2 at every product and I have a hundred products and now I've got three or four that are actually profitable. Well, now my budget is getting shifted to those three or four. And then if there's four of them, I've got my one that I can test every day now. Okay. So you can actually do up a little Google sheet. Put your listings in there, say how the product, how much have you tested, you know, ads wise, did it work? <laughs> and then keep going day after day. So it's not that you can only test, you can only upload like one new listing per day. You can upload a lot more. It's just sure. when you run the ads to that with the test budget is going to be different depending on what stage you're at.
1: Okay. So, tactical advice here. So, for example, if your budget is, let's say, $100 a day, um, mm-hmm. 80, $80 per day, uh, I guess you would have, you want to have like your, your winners in there and then maybe testing out one or two listings like every seven days or 30 days or something like that.
0: Yeah. Like if, if you have a hundred dollars a day budget and 80 is going to your winners, now you've got like $20 to play with on your, on your new stuff, on your tests. Mm-hmm. So on those, on those new products, you can say like for a digital download, mm-hmm. I'm going to spend $2 to test. If I get a sale, great. If I don't on to the next. And then you just rotate through all your products with that $20
1: now. Okay. Got it. And, um, and you kind of touched on this a few times, but for, for anybody listening, how do I determine how something is a winner or not?
0: Sales. Okay. Sales. That's but not just
1: sales though. Right. Cause it has to be profit well, it has to be break. Even it has to be yeah,
0: profitable sales. Sorry. Okay. If, I was going to say, if your return on ad spend is like negative, then it's not a good one. Okay. So that's not a winner. So, you,
1: so let's be specific. Cause a lot of these people are uh, a lot of people listening to this are like. Kind of brand new to e-commerce is our first gig, right? Um, So return on ad spend, R-O-A-S, you can have this in the shop manager and you manage advertised listings. And if that thing is, it doesn't always equal, but if it's below one, very likely, like you're losing money on that. Um, Just because you're over one doesn't necessarily mean, if it's a physical product, doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna be profitable either. ROAS of two and above, you're probably breaking even Plus, profiting on that. And I'm sharing these as like rule, rules of thumb. Every use case is going to be different. Um, digital products, your degree probably is like ROAS of one and above is pretty much break even, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit over because you got some fees, but yeah. uh, the, the profit margin on the digital is pretty much a 85%. little more than double what you're going to get on the print on demand stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. If just because your return on ad spend is a one, that doesn't mean you're breaking even. You're probably still kind of losing after fees. And if you're selling a physical product, you're definitely losing because yeah, it, yeah. that's not in that calculation on the Etsy screen. If you wanted the accurate number, you'd have to do up your own spreadsheet and run your own um, yeah. formulas inside there to get the real numbers.
1: You could actually use um uh, every calculator profit calculator, we have like that and where you have the uh the ROAS like if you if you click on that oh. advanced thing you have like a little Etsy ads. And if you yeah. want to do um ACOS, average cost of sale. Um yeah. Of course, you have to calculate that. It's kind of nerdy. Like, you know, we we nerd out on this stuff like that, but uh, you can figure it out. Like, um, you, you figure it out and it'll show you right there pretty easily. Uh, can we talk about, and again, going a little deeper into the nerdy stuff of Etsy ads. How about click rate? Do you pay attention to your, uh, to your clicks and your click rate?
0: Um, I'm not, yes and no. If I'm starting out and if the click-through rate on everything is horrible, to me, that's an indicator that nobody wants what I'm selling because they're not clicking on it. So maybe they don't want it because my thumbnail, my yeah. my little mock-up is no good. So if I have a very low click-through rate and the product is selling for other people, I might look at the, the mock-up that's showing and fix mine. Got it. So I think you can use that as indicators of uh, kind of the health of your listing. Mm-hmm. But the ultimate indicator is profits, right? It's It's yeah. at the end of the day. So yes yes, and no, even in like That's the a good other pay ad worlds, like Google ads, um, I still run a lot of pay-per-click. Like yep. I, I'm old school. I I have listings right now. If you go there, you will see me come up for a lot okay. of search terms. And Google, yeah. Just straight up text ads, like no images, no anything, old school, like super old. And they work. And, they they work. work and, yeah. and, and the CTR I'm getting on some of those is like 19%.
1: Amazing, yeah. Is, so can we talk about that actually, right there, CTR. That's a technical term for like um uh for a lot of these folks listening. That's click through rate, right? And Etsy, I think, calls this in the shop manager as like clicks and a click rate or something like that, right? And it's usually based yeah. on percentage. And what is a good percentage to have an Etsy in your experience? Two. That's what I think too. I agree. Facebook ads, same thing. It was like it was always kind of like two percent is solid.
0: Two percent solid. Anything yeah. below you probably have an issue somewhere. Yeah, like if it's not be
1: the issue, or maybe the product just isn't the right fit for the market.
0: Yeah, so uh, like I said, I mean uh, that's your indicators of the health of your listing and and of what you've done. And if it's super low, you fix it. You can tweak it. You know, yep. what it point, gives you some of data to read. For at what sure.
1: point should somebody like I have a actually a family member that has an Etsy shop, and she's been great in some sales. She's not like a profitable shop or anything like that yet, Um, but she has a bunch of listings, solid solid products. Um, but like she's been running ads and getting the sales, but she can't seem to like break even on her ad spend. Right. And, uh, and she came to me and she was like, what do you think I should do? And I looked at it and she kind of let it run for a while with a high budget. And so she lost like a lot, like probably an $80 range, you know, I would consider that a lot for Etsy. Uh, and I'm just like, I would shut it off, you know, first of all, shut it off and like figure out what's going on. Um, but you don't want to just bleed money right on Etsy ads. It's like there's no point in doing that, but what would you suggest? I'm curious. Like you have a, you have a listing like that.
0: I would raise the price a little bit.
1: Okay. If it's a digital, list- it's So this is specifically, it's a digital listing too. So the margins are good. Um. So raise yeah, the-
0: I, I would look at the, uh, the mock-up she's got. If you can get a little bit more attention to that, maybe tweak it a little bit. So some different colors, look at the, look at what, the competitors are doing for their mockups, okay. and then look at that page. And if you can't tell, like if yours is not standing out at all, then make yours stand out. Gotcha. Somehow make like one little tip. I did. Everybody goes like this way when they write text on their mockups. They mm-hmm. go like horizontal, right? Mm-hmm. So I switched mine to have vertical on each side, and my CTR went up like two percent mm. just from that one. All I did, and it was easy in Canva. I just plucked it in there, turned it, put it on both sides. And now I've got like text on both sides yep. instead of going this way on the bottom or the top.
1: Interesting. Okay. I get that. Totally. One,
0: one little, thing, because the eye is like scanning that page of like millions and you know hundreds sure. of results. And it's got to be drawn to something.
1: So click-through rate. Okay. Look at that. Let's say it's 2%. Let's say it's a solid click-through rate. So then you go, you look a little deeper and you probably say, oh, well, this thing's not converting. Probably, right? This must not be converting that well. So you look at the conversion rate next, probably, right?
0: Yeah, because if, if you're a click-through rate solid, then people are noticing it and they are going to the listing page. So now you have to figure out what can I do on this listing page to get people to buy more? So mm-hmm. now you're looking at conversion rate optimization, which is uh, your...
1: Images, one. Yeah, your images number
0: one, right? You, you got to make sure you got everything in there. Um, you got to make sure your titles... Well, your title is probably pretty good. But in your description too, <clears throat> one little thing that I've been doing to make my listing stand out more is I've been using like chat GPT for my oh, listing. Nice. So I'll have like the, the generic part will be all the same. Like, here's how you get your file. Here's the files you're going to get. Here's the, the features and all that Fair. stuff. Fair. Then on the top, I'm going to go to chat GPT and say, write me an S an Etsy listing that is uh, funny and include these keywords. If you can, this is a product. Boom. It'll give me like four or five paragraphs that are mm-hmm. well-written, like better than I yeah. can write. Yep. And I think that will make it stand out too. But lately too, I've been saying put a strong call to action to buy this right now. Yeah. Like that. And like in that description, say buy it. Yeah. Because people do what you tell them to do. Yeah. So if her, if her descriptions on her products, if none of them say, get this now or buy this now or click the add to cart button now, then that little one addition could help change your ads from losing money to making money.
1: Interesting. Yeah. It's such a small thing. And, and, but it, it could really, do, it does make a difference like compounding, right? Where can people find
0: you? Oh, uh, my website. So it's just PPC, Peter, Peter, Charlie dash coach.com. I mean, okay. I'm on YouTube as well. I got a Facebook group, but that's the best place to find me.
1: Okay, cool. And we'll link to that for anybody listening and or watching. I really appreciate it. Any final thoughts for like a seller trying to uh, get their shop off the ground or scale their shop 10X? Like any final words of encouragement or, or thoughts?
0: So the, the last thing I'll, I'm going to say, and, and I am biased, but um, think about this. If you want to uh, learn how to fly a plane, what do you do? You have to take a course, multiple courses. You have to go up with an instructor. Um, because they're going to show you all the controls and how to how to like take off and land. Then you have to solo after that. If you're struggling with Etsy, whatever you're doing, find somebody to help you. Find a mentor. Without a mentor, me personally, I wouldn't be on this with you right now. I'd still be at my nine to five. I'd probably be some senior manager of credit risk, at like T D Ameritrade, and I'd be yeah. just hating my life. So. I'm a firm believer in um, if I need to figure something out, yeah, I'll go to YouTube and I'll look. Sure. Um, and there's a lot of good advice on there. But if I really am serious about it, I'm going to find somebody who's been there and can teach me how to get there. Yep. And that's like, I owe everything right now to my first mentor. And um, yeah, without him, I, have I mean, mentors the best advice you. I can give is okay. find somebody who's been there, ask them for help.
1: That's I it. That's- I think it's awesome advice. I p- totally appreciate that too. And some people ha- have this listening to this and they already have somebody like that and maybe in their family or in their friend network. And that's fine. If they're, if you okay. know, if you can kind of link and, uh, but if you don't have that, yeah, for sure. Like seek it, at least you don't have to like go crazy and obsess over finding this person. Otherwise you're not gonna be successful, but just work on your thing, but also keep an open mind. Like I'm looking for my mentor. I, I personally run my life that way too. I'm always looking for like somebody to kind of like coach me along the way, the next milestone I'm trying to get. Because it's just a faster path, right? With a guide. Um, that's all it is. I could probably figure it out eventually at some point, but it's going to be more painful. You know, I'm going to fall off more cliffs, you know? And I will make it, but I, it's just faster path, I think, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, you can, you can take the easy way or the hard way, right? But that, that's it. And, and we, I mean, we could all figure it out eventually, but even, it's not just business, but even in life, right? Like you got- sure you have mentors like people, your parents or right. grandparents, and you're like, oh man, this is happening. What do I do? And and they'll give you their, their opinion and their yeah. advice. We, that's what we do as humans. We learn from each other, right? Like yep. it's, that's the way it goes. So I, I yeah, that's the, and if you find a good one, hold on to them because there's some bad ones out there, but it happens. Don't, don't get distraught if you if you can't find a good one it happens so
1: yep love it cool man well thank you again seriously well i really appreciate all the value you add to this episode first of all and then also um just the community in general seriously give a lot of information so definitely appreciate it i
0: I love i love your program i use it every day so i'm i'm happy to be on here and like i said the other day to meet you put a like face the name that's that's perfect
1: no man seriously yeah we have an amazing team, amazing community. Honestly, all of our sellers, like over 110,000 people in our community now, it's like insane to think about. Uh, And then our internal team, right, is amazing. Like you and like other folks, like in our, in our network, I don't know, just everyone just cares. I think that's, that's the difference between like our community and like uh, just a random Shopify community. It's like, no, we we actually care about, I guess, the impact of others as much as we possibly can. Right. So it's, Anyway, we all make it up, right? It's not just like me. It's not just like one person on my team. It's not just you. It's it's literally a community. That's, that's how it works.
0: Absolutely. Yep. yep.
1: Cool. All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you again.
0: Appreciate
1: it. Okay.